Scotts Valley Units 211 just occurred with a gun, Bank of America, 4525 Scotts Valley Drive, getting further. 34 from the high school. S1 copy. Scotts Valley Units, subject left on foot towards the Seagate building. Dressed all in black, black face mask. Did have a gun, still getting further. Scotts Valley S1, I'm on foot through McDorset to the Seagate building. Hello, everyone. This is Robert Aldana with the My Scotts Valley podcast and a uh, super excited about doing today's podcast. And with me, we have John Homan with the Scotts Valley Police Department. How are you doing, Johnny? Fantastic. Thank you. Great to have you here, man. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. And a lot of good information that we're going to be sharing today. And actually, I, I don't know how I want to call it fun information, but interesting information because, you know, it was January 26, 2017. And um, a call comes in from dispatch, as you just heard, as everybody just heard, 211 and three beeps. First of all, explain to me what is a 211. All right. Well, a 211 is the penal code section for robbery. Okay. And so it came out as a 211 in progress at Bank of America on Scotts Valley Drive. And the triple alert tone, that's what we call it, is pretty much the hottest call that's going to come in throughout any of your shifts. Right. And it means to pretty much drop everything you're doing and, and listen to your radio. Serious business, obviously, yeah. right? Yeah. Serious business. Mm-hmm. So bank robbery taking place <clears throat> at the Scotts Valley Bank of America. And how many times have you heard of 211 in your career? In progress, not too many. We get a lot of uh, silent hold-up alarms, but okay. to actually get a radio call of it in progress mm-hmm. is not very often. Okay. All right. And what about the three beeps? Often you hear that? That gets your adrenaline going. Okay. It does, yeah. huh? Yeah. Because yeah. that's got to be a special case scenario where... It is. I mean, it's got to be certain times and certain situations that you would get a uh, those three beeps. Yes. Because that's kind of like, hey, everybody, stop what you're doing. We need to... Pay attention to this right exactly. now. Exactly. Okay. Interesting. Enough, enough to hang up on your wife on the phone. Oh, my gosh. Hey, she will get if to you it. ever hang up on your wife, you better have a very good reason. <laughs> that was and a good reason. And I think reason. this is a really, really good reason. So the bank robbery is taking place. First of all, how did your morning start that day? Tell me about your morning. Well, I had been retired officially for four years. Uh-huh. And in those four years, the department hired me back part-time as the D.A.R.E. officer. And uh, that particular morning, I was assigned to Scotts Valley High School as a school resource officer. Okay. So I just happened to be in my office at the school. Um, I just got off the phone with a tow truck driver uh-huh. uh, who needed some paperwork from me. So I left my office to go get in my car, and I was going to go dr- drive down to our city courtyard to mm-hmm. give the paperwork to him. So I'm sitting in my car. And I thought, well, this is a good time to call my wife. Mm-hmm. And so I called my wife on my cell phone and uh, let her know that I was leaving the school and I had some things to do. And, mm-hmm. and that's when the triple alert tone went off. And I said, sorry, honey, I got to go. Mm-hmm. And pretty much disconnected from it. Okay. Did you talk to her any time after that? I mean, Not until later in the afternoon. So as she's hearing all this... She doesn't know what's going on because, I mean, she's obviously hearing it in the news because it, uh, you know, I was actually in a meeting and uh, when I got out of the meeting, I got calls and people said, this is going down right now. And this was making major headlines. And I got to imagine she must have been, I mean, a stress case. I mean, who wouldn't be, right? She was when she saw the live uh, aerial footage from the helicopter and saw my car in the center divider 
up mm. on Highway 17. Gotcha. Okay. Well, we'll, Not get, to, we'll get to that. any information. Yeah, yet. we'll get to that. Uh, before we get to that, your D.A.R.E. program, that's pretty cool that you're doing. I got to tell you something. My daughter is in the fifth grade, and this morning when I was taking her to school, she was telling me excitedly, Daddy, I'm going to be doing the D.A.R.E. program, and I'm going to get to uh, be with John Holman, Officer <laughs> Holman. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, actually, her... Primary D.A.R.E. officer is going to be Meredith Roberts, right. but I'm, I'm teaching D.A.R.E. this year at Brook Knoll, and I'll uh-huh. sub for Meredith on the days that she can't make it. Yeah, that's what I, yeah. that's what she said. I said somebody else was, but yeah. she was also going to get to meet you. She's out, she obviously knows. Oh, that's you, great. You know, so yes. that was kind of cool. Good. And I'm glad that you guys are doing that. So oh, that's it's pretty great. special. Fifth graders are the best. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so are fourth graders, too, because I yeah, got a fourth that's grader. that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so you get the call. So where are you driving? Where are you at? So at the I leave the high school and I head down Scotts Valley Drive, uh-huh. and kind of just waiting for information. And you, you know, typically in a robbery call in progress, you're looking for mm-hmm. you don't you try not to get to the scene too quickly because typically uh-huh. robberies are over within a matter of seconds, right? And rarely do you get it in as an in progress, and it's usually after the fact. So you're looking at for vehicles speeding away from the area, people changing uh-huh. their clothes in their car. And, uh-huh. um, and as I'm heading down Scotts Valley Drive, I eventually get to the intersection of Civic Center where I see one of our detectives, uh-huh. Ephraim Contreras, waiting at the intersection as I was waiting. Right. And, and waiting for that updated information. Okay. So you guys are, like, trained for this stuff. Like, for example, what you just said right now is very interesting because it plays into your strategy in that most robberies are over pretty quickly. Very quickly. So you're already thinking ahead. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's the possibility that you may get there while it's in progress, but more than likely someone's taken off. So you're thinking ahead about they're changing their clothes mm-hmm. they're, and they're speeding mm-hmm. and what else? And just the same same things. Mm-hmm. And you typically, people want to get to the scene right, right. away. And, and so in a robbery, because of that, they're typically over in a, a brief period of time. You look for those extra things. Okay, interesting, interesting. So you identify the car and what's going on? Well, in this particular case, the bank teller was composed enough uh-huh. to ask the bank robber if he wanted more money. I mean, what bank robber is going to turn that down? Right. So she was composed enough to get some additional cash that uh-huh. had a GPS tracker in it. Right. And so with that information, and then along with a eyewitness seeing the bank robber leave the bank and get into a white Chrysler, we had some pretty good information. Yeah. And it was in a timely fashion. Uh-huh. And when we got our first GPS update, um, it was uh, Scotts Valley Drive at El Pueblo, which was just behind me. Yeah, you know, interesting. That's actually in the. Um, let's let's take a break and not take a break, but let's let's go into that segment of the actual call from dispatch. Negative description. They're using their GPS tracking device that goes with the money that they give to the suspect. Copy for the GPS tracking is approaching Granite Creek. Uh, you, I, I gotta say that that's very good thinking by that B of A teller. Yes. They've got. They've obviously gotten some some training too, and that's like quick thinking because sometimes, when you're an officer as you are, law enforcement, um, fire um, fighters, you guys are trained to deal with this stuff, and you guys have and gals are trained to the point where, you know what to. There's a process that happens, so for her to think that yeah. the or normal citizen, working as a bank teller. 
um, still, you know, not used to this type. That was awesome. Thank well, you. And, and just the mere fact that he told the teller, I have a gun. Yes. And I'm not afraid to use it. Um, yeah, for her to She still kept her composure. Exactly. Yeah. And I got to tell you, if somebody tells you, I got a gun and I'm not afraid to use it, that's a very scary thing. Yeah. And that information was relayed to us over the radio. Yeah. So at this time, you're under the impression that he has a gun because he said it himself. Exactly. So he said it and he implied or even made a threat to the bank teller. Exactly. So you identify the vehicle and the chase is on. Well, and you got... (laughs) You got to give credit to the bank robber who uh-huh. picked a bad bank to rob in front of the police department. Uh-huh. But he also, when leaving the area, took the Herbal Lane. Which is a dead end. Dead end. <laughs> so had he not done that, who knows if we would have caught up with him. Uh-huh. So, gotcha. So Ephraim and I, when we got that updated information, we look at each other and, the, and we start, you know, I think you can hear the engines revving uh-huh. in the cars on the radio tape up Scotts Valley Drive. Yes. And we passed El Pueblo, didn't see the car. And then when we heard that it was at uh, Granite Creek Overpass, um, I saw the back end of a white Chrysler turn onto the uh-huh. overpass and, and knew that was the car. Okay. And you're right. So let's, let's listen to that right now. Uh, when you're out, well, you know, when you're identified the car. I got a white vehicle going over the overpass standby, 34. Copy. It looks like it's a Chrysler standby on the plate. Copy, Chrysler on the overpass. GPS is showing it on the overpass as well. Okay, this is it. We're going northbound 17, T8 at the intersection, continuing northbound 17. Okay, so you've identified the car, the chase is on, you're about to go on the Highway 17, which, you know, Johnny, this is the, um, Highway 17 is one of the most dangerous highways there is. Yeah. And if if you're just driving normal because of other drivers that are on that road, here is a car chase on Highway 17. What was your mindset at the moment? You know, uh, when I saw the car and, and realized that was the suspect car, uh-huh. um, you know, I, every, all the training just kind of came into place. And my gotcha. mindset, I just, I cleared my mind of everything and just focused on what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And you were doing, you know, there's there's a certain cut where you're doing, when you're, notifying dispatch constantly obviously you're letting dispatch know hey this is what's going on and that way all of you are all communicating with each other there's one part let's just play that uh we're at 80 90 miles an hour passing sugarloaf at 90 miles an hour passing glenwood cutoff at 90 miles an hour okay so we listen to that but before we go into that he actually crashed into a car on, was it Granite Creek or on Scotts Valley Drive? Yeah, as soon as we were at the top of the overpass and I activated my emergency lights and siren, uh, he ran the red light at Granite Creek and the overpass and collided with a car in the intersection. Okay, and before, he kept going off. Before taking off up 17. Yeah, yeah so he, he didn't pull over to, to give no. his driver's license no. or anything? <laughs> <laughs> so the chase is on. We just heard you're doing 90 miles per hour on the Laurel Curve. 90 miles per hour. Now, here's what I got to say. If you're going to come to Scotts Valley and you're going to rob a bank and you're going to try to get away knowing that there could be a chase, this is the last guy you want (laughs) to have be the officer because you race cars for the Police and Pursuit Special Olympics. You're super involved, which is so awesome, John. 
super involved with the Special Olympics. And one of the things that you do is you actually race cars to, you know, raise money, which you've raised a tremendous amount of money mm -hmm. for Special Olympics. So you, you're not only trained in law enforcement. I mean, it's it's something you really enjoy doing. If you could race in the dirt, exactly, you can, you race, can race on the concrete, yes. right? Yes. <laughs> so he and probably picked the wrong officer. Uh, probably. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we're going into our eleventh season of racing, so okay, we've been doing this for eleven years. So that would be the last guy you'd want to um, have chase you down Highway 17. So you guys are doing ninety miles per hour. How's that feeling? Uh, for me, comfortable. Okay. Um, our top speed, according to the GPS, was 98 miles an hour. That oh my was our gosh. top speed. Okay, pretty much 100 um, miles and per this, hour. And we're talking 10 o'clock in the morning. It was moderate traffic. Okay. And um, we were able to, and for us, it's, you know, we got to be careful on how we drive because we have the lights and the siren going, so typically people are going to pull over right. to the right. So you don't want to pass people on the right. Right. So, oh, gotcha, gotcha. And so trying to keep up with somebody who's violating all the uh, rules of the vehicle code, passing uh -huh. on the right and cutting people off, uh -huh. it's not an easy task. Right. Uh, but when we made it up towards the top of the summit, uh, where the cent there is no center divider, that's where I was able to get uh, behind them. Okay. All right. So you guys are driving through 90 miles per hour. What's going through your mind, though? Like... You gotta be. I you know, know you're comfortable, but yeah. because you, you're driving. But and if I, if you listen to the radio, I ask uh, Belleville, who was behind me, to take over on the radio transmission so that mm -hmm. I can just concentrate on the driving. Okay, which is typical. Um, gotcha. A tactic in pursuit driving. Gotcha. And uh, then we're headed towards the Santa Clara side, and we're asking for authorities on that side to help us. And mm -hmm. okay, and so as you're driving. There comes a point where he hits your car, right? Or what happened there? Yeah, so we crested the summit. We're heading on the Santa Clara side, and I was directly behind him, and he went around a left-hand turn, and as I came out around the turn, I lost him for a brief second, mm -hmm. and he had spun out and lost control. Okay. And he was actually driving backwards. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, you, I think and in the was radio. It, was it intentionally driving backwards? No, or just his no, car was going because backwards he, of because he spun out? Okay. So, you know, the, like I said, training just sets in. And right. I wanted to end this. Uh -huh. So I used the front end of my car to strike the front end of his car and push him into the guardrail on the shoulder. Okay. Unfortunately, his car was still spinning and kind of spun around. And now we're side by side. Okay. And his car was a little ahead of mine. I had my steering wheel all the way locked to the right. Okay. Trying to force his car into the guardrail. Unfortunately, okay. his car had the momentum and pushed my car into the center divider. Okay. So you're trapped, right? So like in a sense, I mean the the car has you wedged in between the center divider. Yes. And so typically in that situation, you're going to do what's called a high-risk car stop. You're going to get out of your car, draw your weapon, find some cover, and give mm -hmm. commands. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately for me, I opened up my driver's side door, and it opened maybe four to six inches. I couldn't even put my foot outside oh, the door. gotcha. So, yeah, it was a very uncomfortable feeling, yeah. uh, feeling like you're a sitting duck pinned in your car with a, facing a bank robber. Yeah, and, you Dude. know, it's you know those things have to be going through your mind um, in terms of the danger of the whole yeah. thing because here is a person who already said he had a weapon, and it was actually in the dispatch conversation that he's, you know, he said yeah. he has a weapon. So you're thinking to yourself, I'm trapped. Here's a bank robber. 
I can't move much. He's got a weapon, and you've got to be in fear of your life. You, you have to be. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so, again, you, you can't, in the split second of a decision, come up with all the reasons why you should shoot or shouldn't shoot yeah. somebody. Right. Um, and it just your training takes over. And, uh-huh. um, you know, that was the decision I made at that time, which I uh, would have done today. And Absolutely. as soon as I saw him op- or start towards that driver's side door of opening it, I fired uh-huh. my two rounds. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I think any sane person would do. I would think I mean, so. That's a very scary situation. It really is. And I don't think anyone can understand that unless you're actually right there and yeah. it's happening, you know? Well, and if you look in the interior of our car, we have our MDC computer in the center console. Uh-huh. So it's not like you can just scoot out to the passenger side. Uh-huh. So literally I had to crawl over okay. the center console and computer uh-huh. to get to the passenger door to get okay. out of my car. Okay. So, cause it, you know, obviously discharging your firearm is a very serious thing. Exactly. Um, so, what happened at that point? Did he get out? And well, I think the uh, two rounds scared him enough to not come out the driver's side door. Good. And he, um, I saw him go towards the passenger door, so that was my chance to crawl over and, and exit my car. And then, as I came out of my car to the back of his car, Sergeant Belleville was just pulling up, and I see him roll out of the passenger side of his car and just take off running towards the. Okay. Towards the overpass. Okay. All right. And you guys kind of went, there was a foot chase for a quick, not for a, not too long because, you know, he had taken off. Right? Yeah, because we're at the overpass. So when he um, went over the guardrail, Belleville was in front of me. And um, by the time we got down to the lower street, I think it's uh, Redwood Estates, mm-hmm. uh, he was gone. We didn't okay. see him. Okay. And we didn't know if he went under the overpass or continued up right. Redwood Estates. And there was an officer who thought that he was still in the car because yeah, the car this, was going backwards, right? This is the No, this is the crazy part. Uh-huh. Okay, so we can't find the guy. And we hear... And the radio traffic was very bad at the time because we're on the other side of the hill. And F, we hear on the radio, Ephraim Contreras, who was the third unit on scene, mm-hmm. radio, radioing out that he was still in pursuit of the car. Gotcha. And so... I'm telling Belleville, what is he talking about? How can he be in pursuit of a car? There's, we're, we're chasing the bad guy. Right. Well, apparently his car was still in drive and dislodged oh, from my car. And it started going. And it started going again. So he didn't uh-huh. know if somebody was still in it or not. Okay. And apparently it drove for another eight-tenths of a mile. Oh, my gosh. At uh, speeds up to 40 miles an hour and swerving, hitting the center divider, and swerving back and hitting it until eight-tenths ended. And, wow. And he was with the car for about nine minutes at gunpoint waiting for a backup. This is like straight out of it's a crazy. movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So here's the situation. He actually gets away, and yeah. he breaks into a house, and he held, holds hostage a family at knife point, right? Yes, and then he stole their car. And then car. he commandeers their family van. Okay. Uh, they called 911 right away. Uh-huh. Uh, there was cops everywhere at that time. Uh-huh. And uh, they see the van coming down the road. They use right. spike strips and deflate the tires. And he bails out of the car again and, and runs into the forest. Okay. Interesting. And, and there's even, even more uh, twists to this yeah, particular story. So, you know, just the fact that he is, you know, holding somebody at knife point is showing his intentions. Yeah. He wants to get away at all costs. Exactly. At all costs. What's interesting about that, that wasn't the only car that he stole. He actually 
stole an unmarked law enforcement vehicle. He did. Right? Yeah. And he took off with it, and he, that's when he ended up in San Jose. Yes. Okay. And the chase was on. I remember watching this on television. This was such a big deal. I mean, it was like the news were covering. They were trying to find this guy. Yes. And, um, and eventually, because the vehicle had OnStar, I believe, I on I believe the, that was the or case. Or something like that. Yes. They were able to locate where the car was, and that's how he ended up getting caught, yeah. right? Yeah, later that after, the next day in the afternoon. My okay. wife and I were watching the news intently. We were too. All of yeah. us were. I think every. I think everyone in Scotts Valley was Probably, watching that. Yeah. Probably, you know. I mean, yeah. it was such an intense situation, brother. I'm. I'm glad you're okay, man. Oh yeah. I mean, those are the things that you know you guys deal with. Us as normal citizens. I mean, we'd probably. I'd probably need to go home and uh, you know <laughs> change my clothes because you know <laughs> I, that's a pretty scary situation. I'm not going to get too too personal on that, but. Uh, Man, I'm glad you're all right because it could have went pretty bad. Yeah, after you know? after 34 years in law enforcement. Yeah, yeah. and 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 you're retired. Yeah, right. Yeah. And this gentleman, um, Cruz Vargas, he got 11 years, and uh, I mean, things could have been really, really bad. And so you know, everyone was rooting for you. We're glad you made it. And this is the kind of stuff you guys go through on a daily basis. And you never know what yeah, to expect. You just never do. Yeah. Yeah, you never do. And that's that. Even in Scotts Valley. Yeah, even in Scotts Valley. Yeah. You know, what's interesting about that is how important it is that we have, you know, our own law enforcement, our own police department here in Scotts Valley. Um, it's super important because you guys are dedicated to the safety of Scotts Valley. Mm-hmm. I love the Sheriff's Department. They're amazing. I yes, mean, they the are. men and women of the Sheriff's Department are absolutely incredible. We, we love them. We support them. But they can't cater to the city of Scotts Valley as an actual police department in Scotts Valley can, right? Because they got a much broader yes, they you know, they area the, that they the need to cover. The rural area of the county, and the county's huge. Yeah. I mean, you think about Santa Cruz County from um, Monterey County line to uh-huh. Santa Clara to, yeah. to San Mateo. It's yeah. a lot of area to cover. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So we appreciate you guys. We appreciate you. Yeah. Let's chat a little bit about the Special Olympics, man. Oh, cool. So first of all, this is a unbelievable story. And if you're going to come to Scops Valley, people call this place Cops Valley. Or Stops Valley. Yeah, or Stops Valley. Yeah. I'm totally cool with that. I live in Scotts Valley <laughs> for 24 years with the 16th safest city in the state, and I'm totally cool with it. also appreciate, Johnny, how involved you are in various different things. Obviously, you are uh, one of the D.A.R.E. officers. You were for many, many years at the high school, and uh, um, in, in that program over there, Tell us about your involvement in Special Olympics. All right. Well, first, let me back up for one second. And, uh-huh. and the reason I stay involved with the police department is because they treated me very well. The city and That's the police department treated me very well for 30 years in law enforcement. And um, it's kind of hard to leave something when you love it as much as I do and, and mm-hmm. the passion for the work that we did, uh-huh. um, which ties into Special Olympics. So. Yeah. Excellent. So there's like a sisterhood and brotherhood there. Yeah. Oh, definitely. You know, it's like, I mean, it's like family, mm-hmm. you know, you and, and I agree with that. And that's what, you know. Um, when you have certain relationships like that, you feel a loyalty. Definitely. People, you know, there's definitely, definitely loyalty there because you could easily retire and go do something else and hang out and yeah. do other things, but you stay involved. I know a lot of it is the loyalty, but I also know a lot of it is because you love what you do. Yes. Right? Yes. And uh, speaking of loving what you do, you, I mean, you were inducted into the Hall of Fame for the Special Olympics. How did that feel? Uh, it was pretty special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That was really cool to mm-hmm. be there with you mm-hmm. and, and see that take place. Your involvement in Special Olympics has been for many, many years, and uh, 
you know, let's talk about the police in pursuit because that's actually coming up again, right? That's coming up. Yeah, our soon. season starts uh, March twentieth, okay. the day before the polar plunge. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, that, oh, that's right. It's yes, the night yes. before the polar plunge. Yes. So. Tell us what police in pursuit is so that people who don't know what it is and why they should attend. Tell us what it is. Well, it's a fundraising event for Special Olympics. Mm -hmm. And uh, I came up with the idea probably, well, I came up with it 11 Mm -hmm. years ago. But prior to that, um, it was through the D.A.R.E. program. Somebody at the time when I was teaching the high school D.A.R.E. program had D.A.R.E. Day at Ocean Speedway in Watsonville. Mm -hmm. And all the D.A.R.E. officers uh, went to the Speedway and we are um, assigned a family who races out there every week. Okay. Um, and we were put in their car, and all the D.A.R.E. officers raced out there. It was mm-hmm. a kick in the pants. Okay. And so for fundraising for Special Olympics, um, typically we do tip-a-cops and, and bagging for bucks and small little fundraisers. But we don't yeah. really have anything in Scottsdale that would consider like a chain restaurant where we get a lot of um, people coming in. Right. So John Prentice, who is the Speedway owner, used to be a reserve officer with us. Okay. And I thought, well, heck, if we can race out there, maybe we can do an event out there at the Speedway mm-hmm. uh, benefiting Special Olympics. Mm-hmm. So our law enforcement torch run liaison and I met with John and, and conjured up the idea of racing cars to raise money for Special Olympics. And now we're going into our 11th season of racing, and it's yeah. a kick in the pants. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's and, a and lot we raise some... Pretty good money for yeah. them, too. Right, I got to tell you, so if you if you are a race car enthusiast, or even if you just you want to go out and enjoy, this is these are great times. Yeah. Take your kids, and um, you know there's food there and everything. You can watch these guys race. Very family oriented. Yeah, very family oriented. We've taken our kids, and we go at yeah. least two to five times a year when you have the events um, because of the stuff and other commitments that we have going on. But you guys have actually raised about. $50,000 or more, right? I mean, just- uh, last year we had 18 officers representing nine different agencies and we raised uh, more than $42,000. That was last year. Last year. So you yeah. guys over the past 11 years have raised quite, quite a, a bit. Penny. Yeah. yeah, that's fantastic. That's yeah. a lot of fun. And um, I urge you to, you know, learn a little bit more about that. And speaking about the opening of Police and Pursuit, the next day we have the Polar Prince, which I'm going to be doing. Yes. Okay. On our team. Yes. Yeah, on your team. So, I got to start working out, okay? <laughs> and uh, I was talking about possibly having a six-pack spray-painted on me <laughs> so that it looks like I have a six-pack, because right now I have a keg and not a six-pack. But um, that's going to be a lot of fun. Tell me that's about the a lot of plunge. fun. So that's our biggest fun- fundraiser, Special Olympics uh-huh. fundraiser in Santa Cruz County. Okay. And the Polar Plunge is just a big costume party. Uh-huh. Um, there's different teams that you can sign up for, community teams, corporate mm-hmm. teams, law enforcement teams. Mm-hmm. They even have uh, a, something called the Cool School Challenge mm-hmm. um, where you can earn community service for your school and get some money back to right. your school. Gotcha. Um, and then we have a DJ out there. There's music. Um, and then at noon, at 12 o'clock at the Rio Del Mar Beach, uh, we plunge into the ocean by categories. Right. And it's... you. You come up with uh, costume themes, superheroes, uh-huh. whatever, Star Wars. Are you guys yeah. going to come in a costume or just... We wear our uniforms. Oh, you wear uniforms? Yeah. Your actual uniforms into the water? Yeah, our, our BDU uniforms, okay. so our inclement weather uniforms. Okay, gotcha. So, It's going to be cold out there, buddy. It's not that bad. I, I said I would never do it, and I've done it every year for the last six years. So, so it's. I think it's got to be, what, 40 degrees, 30, 40 it's degrees? better than South Lake Tahoe. Yeah, very true. <laughs> But it's for an awesome event, man. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's it's a, lot a of great fun. event. Plus, yeah. not only that, they also are going to have, 
you know, they can have food and stuff and, you know, and games. It's just games and just people just hang out and just make yeah. it a great day. Yeah. Make it a great day. And so if you want to sign up for a uh-huh. team, just visit um, www.polarplunge.com. Okay, so we're going to put look a for link. Santa Cruz. We're going to put a link on this post so that you can link up to that. And also, I'm trying to raise myself. I'm, I'm going to be raising, uh, I want to, my goal is to raise $5,000. Uh-huh. And so I would love for you to participate, if you can help out and, and do whatever you can, I'm going to put a link here on this, uh, right below this video and on this post. Love to get your participation on there. It goes for a great cause. I, I got to tell you, it's so awesome meeting, meeting yeah. these athletes. They're just, they're so appreciative. And I'm appreciative of all the stuff they do. It's and there's, cool. there's 12 plunges going on throughout Northern California. Uh-huh. So just find the one for Santa Cruz and that's okay. the one you want to register okay. for. So register for the one in Santa Cruz and be a part of something really special. Yeah. And have a lot of fun. And come on out there and have a great time with everybody. It's going to be a great, a great time. day. It's been a good time. Johnny, always a pleasure, buddy. Always a pleasure having you. Uh, I've done a few videos with you before, and they're always fun. Um, this video that we and this podcast that we did today, um, really special because it, it was just an incredible event that took place and you know, with the bank robbery. And it was one of those things that just captured the whole entire Bay Area. It was it was making yeah. national news. We're just we're just uh we're appreciative of you, man. I know oh, I said it already, you. but thank you so much no, and thanks it. for I appreciate being here today. um the support from the, even like the Scotts Valley banner did a great yeah uh timetable of all the events they that did. took place. That was awesome. Yeah, that was when fantastic. They did that. Yeah. yeah. They did that. Yeah. So um thanks bud for being here today. My pleasure. Thanks for uh promoting the Special Olympics. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And, and all the events and always. Always. Hey folks, I want to thank you for uh Tuning in, whether you're listening to us at a podcast and you're driving over Highway 17, don't don't even think about doing that 90 miles or 98 yeah. miles per hour. Don't even think about it. This guy has been trained to race. Um, but whether you're listening to us on a podcast or watching the podcast via video, I appreciate you. Thank you for watching. And um, we've got some great podcasts coming up over the next couple of weeks that you're really going to enjoy. I, I can tell you uh, one of them is we actually have an individual who was involved in uh, in the campfires. And so she's going to share her story, a very sad story, actually. So we'll be chatting with her over the next couple of weeks and just kind of uh, raising awareness of, of what can happen and and just kind of get her in, input and insights on, you know, her experience, which, you know, it was a very tragic and sad situation for so many people who lost their lives, lost their homes in the campfires. And um, so I'm looking forward to having her on here just to raise the awareness of what can happen and how we can make ourselves a little more safer when the fire season comes because the fire season will be here within a few months and before you know it we haven't had a lot of rain and something tells me that we may have possibly uh, another stronger fire season coming up when the summer and all the hot times kick in so looking forward to that one look forward to so many others thank you always for tuning in, for watching, because if it wasn't for you, I would be talking to myself. Yeah, thank you obviously. for what you do for Scotts Valley. Thank you, brother. It's a, it's a pleasure and it's an honor. All right, guys, have a great day. We look forward to talking to you soon. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to send me an email to robert at robertaldana.com. Uh, if you feel like you want to be a guest one of these days to one of our podcasts, send me an email, robert at robertaldana.com. All the best.